0: Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Good afternoon, everybody. How
1: are you doing today? Daryl Braille here with Inside. Inside Sales, the only uh, sales podcast out there that talks specifically and exclusively to the, the soldiers in the sales militia, those who are on the front lines every single day, making the calls, sending the emails, doing the outreaches, engaging with prospects, and you're compensated for it, and this is how you measure your success. We do not talk vision, we do not talk strategy, and if I do this job right, you will leave here smarter, more equipped, and better able to do your daily job because you will have learned an incredible soundbite that you said that was worth my time for listening. So those are the rules of engagement, folks, between you and I. That's my promise to you. And if you ever find I'm not doing that, as always, I'm available on social media, on LinkedIn. Give me a shout out, call me out, and I will weep and I will repent and we will move forward. I am so excited about today's conversation because and let me set the stage for this. Today's conversation is something that I have touched upon numerous times, and if you're a regular to the Inside, Inside Sales Show, you will have heard me harp on this numerous times with my own vaulted opinions, as well as that of my guests. It's all around education. I guess to posit my position that I firmly believe you as an individual are accountable to manage and invest in yourself and in your success if you are reliant upon your employer to improve your success then your long-term viability and success in this industry is immediately limited like anybody else a professional sports player or any other occupation a doctor will use as an example or a lawyer or an accountant where there's always new procedures and new regulations and new taxes and everything else happening all the time, new laws. They have to continually reinvest in themselves to grow their craft, to master their skill and be on top of their game. That's my position, which means you need to be prepared to spend some of your money because you see the end game and you see the opportunity. That's a long preamble. I apologize who did i bring to the show today i brought andy paul now if you don't know andy andy is a sales legend in the space he's got essentially one of if not the top podcasts on sales in the world he has got an entire line of business dedicated to this called the sales house if you're listening at your desktop. Just Google it right now, the sales house. Go to the site. Check it out while we're talking. And he's taken all of his years, which are many. This man is old, guys. He is so old. He is really old. And he's using all of that, <laughs> you know, you. decades of experience <laughs> to share it with you so that you can learn and you can do it affordably. But we're not going to necessarily promote or pitch Andy today we're going to start talking about the issue of education and you can take it upon yourself to do whatever you want to out of today's conversation. So that's that with that, let me bring on Andy. You've heard him a few times here already. He's laughing. That's good because often when people are called old, they don't react. Well, it's weird. Andy, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Darryl. You know, yes. I had this conversation I, today. I own my age. and I were on a, a live debate and, uh, we're talking about how you, you own it, right? You're We're actually talking about being authentic and sometimes being authentic means you, you own your age. Even though you know that for some people they will judge you, and and, and Kenan and I both did a high five because we both determined that we were both fifty-one years old, and so we both owned our age. We put it out there. So right about now, there's people going, "Oh my goodness, I'm talking to old guys. I'm out of here." That's your choice. Dinosaurs, exactly. So <laughs> Dinos- I like the dinosaur own our age. As dinosaurs. I, and that's fantastic. Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, your experience, your thoughts. Or even just jump right into the topic about the idea of owning your own continuing education to improve performance and your results. Your choice. Go with it where you want it. And then we'll we'll, we'll bounce from there.
2: Yeah, I, I like to. And I, I me mean, refocus. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you narrowed it down. So self-education is, is really at the core of my own career. Yeah, I was a history major coming out of college. I spent, when I was in sales, sales management, I worked for... I know, seven venture-offended startups, uh, growing sales teams, growing oftentimes first person in the door. So even though I had the title, I was also outselling for a while before we we started growing teams. But in complex technical fields, I was a history major. What did I know about a lot of these technologies? I had to teach myself. That's sort of the fundamental thing is you know, my ability to take on jobs of increasing responsibility, increasing complexity. Yeah, you know, I went from in high school, selling women's shoes at J.C. to selling large complex satellite communication systems. Yeah, you know, largest deal I took was you know, over a hundred million dollars. You yeah, know, I had a lot to learn to get from from one place to the next. Yeah, after my first job out of school, which was the big company where they put us in classroom training for a few weeks the first year. For the last thirty plus years of my career, I haven't. So why? Been trained when, at why all. do we have you here again? So, you haven't been trained at all. Well, I had to teach myself. Right. I. Thank you for the the lead there. It's for me as I sort started my own company in 2000. As one of the missions was, how do we help sellers, especially in smaller businesses, you know, startups that have to go out and compete against big guys? How do you help teach them how to do that? And as I started getting into that, so we started seeing change in the industry where, yeah, you know, a lot of the bigger technology companies started fading away. They weren't training, investing in their people the same way. We saw this huge influx of startups in the tech space and they weren't training their people either just because I've neither time nor resources and so there's this big gap left and we see this even today is to of, if you listen to look at some of the research reports sort of declining levels of performance and sales business to business sales over the past 10 plus years yet at the same time we've got this incredible influx of technology into the sales space so clearly something's amiss there and it really does as you said it really falls to the individual to say yeah, if I have a vision for what I want to accomplish in my career, if I'm in an entry level sales job, my first sales job. And I remember those days I was out pounding the pavement, making cold calls, 30, 40, 50 cold calls a day. And I looked at where I wanted to be, which was not making those cold calls in four years or 10 years or whatever. That's what motivated me to start listening to those days between calls, listening to cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar and all these other trainers, Tom Hopkins and anything I could get my hands on to just get smarter about what I was doing. And I knew that at the end of the day, no one cared as much about my success as I did. Because you know, Zig Ziglar wasn't cheap. Those people weren't cheap. None of those people were cheap. Did you make
1: that investment yourself? Did you get, or did you go to your employer when you were employed and not, not on your own and say, "Will you fund this for me? I, like, how did you do it? You paid for it.
2: I paid for it. In some cases, employers uh, help. Yeah, you know, fund the cost, split the cost, go to some conferences. You know, these would be these big one-day events with Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale and all these, you know, sort of motivational speakers, Tony Robbins, and so on. And and yeah, they'd split the cost of some of those. And I didn't find those as valuable as just having something I could listen to in my car that I could sort of repeat and go back and learn and more in depth. But occasionally they would chip in. But typically you're on your own. It wasn't like it was necessarily they were expecting you to do it, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, somebody had a choice about who was going to get the next promotion, who was going to get the next big account to work on, and so on. And if you just expected somebody going to hand it to you, it wasn't going to happen. You had to go out and make it happen for yourself. So let's talk a bit about that,
1: because I know there's a lot of people who are listening to this, and they're reluctant to do that. And I understand. I understand why you're reluctant. They may, they may feel that it actually should fall upon the employer because if you invest in me i'm going to generate more success for you and you get the perks out of that in in the big picture and and we can rationalize
2: this well but it's a marketplace right and so if if you're improving yourself and your employer doesn't value it then go someplace where they do and that's that's hasn't changed that's always been the case i remember my dad telling me a story when he was in his late 20s early 30s yeah where he Went and found another job to have some leverage over his employer to get a better job. It's a marketplace. So if you develop your skills and your employer doesn't value it, then go someplace where they do.
1: And that's an interesting thing, right? So right away. So if you do develop your skills, if you make that investment in yourself and you do, you have success as a result of it. Exactly. to Andy's point is what you've done is you've (laughs) given yourself a ton more options. If employer number one doesn't like you because they don't want to pay more money because you're more successful. You have just benefited. You can go get on the job somewhere. What's interesting, I was listening to a session the other day with Benjamin Dennehy, and he's a big cold call advocate out of the UK. And I've mentioned his name before, I've had him on the show before. But what was interesting was he was telling a story. And he was telling a story because he's not unlike you, right? He's a sales trainer. He was telling a story about how he went into a company. He was talking to the managing director, so the CEO. You know, he did the discovery process, he qualified it, and yada, yada. And he says, yep, so we should do this. And he goes, you know, how much? He tells them a big fat number. This is what I'm worth. And the guy hesitated. And then uh, Benjamin turned around and said, well, here's what you do. You take that big fat number and the guy had 12 reps and you divide it by 12 and you go back into them as they would have them pay for it. The MD goes in there and he says, uh, we're looking to bring in Benjamin in. Everybody cool with that? Yay. Everybody Yes, let's do it. got to work? Yep, we'll do the work. Great. Okay, so that means each of you for the next several months while he's engaged will need to you know give me X dollars to do this. Are you still wanting Benjamin? Of those 12, only one said yes. Benjamin take away to the MD because they didn't do the deal. But mm-hmm. he goes, you thought you needed training he goes, you don't need training. You need new reps. You've got one rep that's worthy of being kept. How do you respond to that?
2: Well, I think that that's not unreasonable for companies to say, look, these days we're going to bring in somebody special, whether it's a Benjamin or he's a trainer. I'm, you called me a trainer. I'm not really a trainer. I'm a sales. I'm a salesperson. Right. But I'm, I'm also not, I'm an educator.
1: You'll have to explain to me the difference between, between a trainer and educator, but we can do that on another podcast. If you go on.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have my own proprietary processes and methodologies and so on. I, I, I'm not Sandler. Yeah. I think it's not unreasonable for companies and certainly some of our corporate clients at the sales house, companies that are onboarded sales teams, I would say two thirds of them so far are sharing the cost with the reps because they want to make sure they have some skin in the game. They say, we're going to provide this resource for you and we're going to bring it to you, but I want to make sure you're going to use it. And so having that investment, I think, is is not a bad way to go. OK, that's a fair point. OK, I, I, I'll accept that. You're off the hook. All right. So what we're
1: going to do, do a quick little break here, kind of set the stage. And as we always do, when we come back after a commercial break is we get into the, the real nitty gritty stuff. And I got lots of stuff I want to ask of Andy. So stay tuned. We shall be right back.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
1: Okay, so we're back, and I want to talk a bit about how can I get trained. So before the break, I was talking about an example of uh, a Benjamin or or, or any other trainer. You mentioned Sandler, another good example, and that's one one option, but we have lots of options, so let's look at it this way. i start with this. Feel free to take me off in a different direction. If I'm sitting here listening to this and I recognize that, in fact, I probably do need to be trained, should I immediately go and seek a trainer or seek a proven system like a Sandler? Or would I be better off to go and do the self-taught process? Not unlike what you did where you just took it upon yourself because we have lots of self-taught ways today. For example, if I'm being budget conscious, I can simply just do YouTube. I can do a lot of LinkedIn reading, right? I, I can probably go to my local mm-hmm. library and get some of this content mm-hmm. that, that's still out there and, and use it. I guess a starting point, pros and cons of the trainer or the proven system versus self-taught in your opinion, (laughs) in
2: your experience, there's always gonna be a little of a mix. I think training is what companies should do. But the thing with training these days is, especially in the inside sales world, is training is increasingly about compliance and conformity, meaning we've got a process and a methodology and you've got a target for so many activities that you need to do, whether it's calls or emails, and you need to do it this way. And what's different today versus perhaps when I came up and I was making 30, 40, 50 cold calls a day in person is I was given the opportunity to develop a process that worked for me individually, right? It was my own way, develop my own strengths and my own skills uh, to be the best version of me. And I think we've lost this emphasis today, especially I said in, in certain tech spaces where it's just, look, you're going to get into this SDR job and we're going to churn and burn you in 12 and 14 months and only the strong survive. Yeah, I don't think that's not the way that you develop a generation of sellers that can go out and succeed in the world. And so I think that the education part is making a personal commitment to becoming this best version of yourself. And that's why I started the Sales House is to say, look, let's provide a more structured resource for sellers to come find that type of content to help them do this. But there's other sources besides us, as you said, YouTube, all these other resources, LinkedIn that are available. But it's about making that commitment. You know, when I came out of school, as I said, you know, a history major, I didn't know what I really wanted to do. But when I got into sales, the two defining characteristics I had was insatiable curiosity to learn, a competitive streak a mile wide. I mean, I hate to lose, right? So when you combine that, I was in the workforce, and yeah, maybe somebody was getting some better accounts than I was initially in the first couple of years of my sales job. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen again. That may happen to me once, but I was determined that wasn't going to happen to me again. Or you know, I lost a particular account. I was going to learn from it, and I was going to take the lessons and then go find some resource to help me learn to get better so I could do a better job the next time, whether as a mentor or a coach or reading a book. You, know, you have to have that curiosity that says, look, there's something I'm learning every single day. I'm going to make a five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute investment. I'm going to turn off my screens. I'm going to turn off Netflix and I'm gonna read or I'm gonna watch this video and it's part of your, what you do every single day of your life. And then it's like compound interest. Every day that's building on top of each other and you're just gonna get smarter and more skilled, more aware of what's going on in the world and I better able to serve I love the premise your you're
1: making about the intentionality, right? And this is, this it's so true. I can speak, sharing my own stories with the audience, My wife gets so frustrated with me sometimes because, you know, I like to, on the weekend, I'll get up on a Saturday or Sunday morning with my wife and we'll sit side by side and have her coffees and have the quiet time that couples rarely get during the week. She'll be reading something that is, you know, feeding her Mm -hmm. soul. And I'm reading something about, you know, sales or about marketing or about, you know, tech stacks or what have you. And she's like, you have got to shut off. And I'm like, this is not work. I have a curiosity. I am intrigued. I'm not reading this and hyperventilating because I haven't made 50 calls today. I'm reading this because I want to learn so can maybe make 40 calls and have the results of 50 calls. I don't know, you you know, whatever it is. I have a genuine curiosity. But that is compounded with, I know I need to take time out of my weekly schedule for me and maybe daily for others to actually self-educate. Because if I didn't do that, then my own personal marketability and my long-term success drops dramatically. I am very intentional about that combined with the curiosity. That's a really strong point.
2: Well, I think for the audience, there's a quote that I love that I found early in my career and I I had on my refrigerator for a long time and, and I still lead my life by this. It's a quote from a guy named Thomas Huxley, who was a British author back in the 19th century, and I think related to Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. And it's about learning. And he says, in life, you should try to learn something about everything. I love and that. Everything about I something. I love that. Something about everything and everything about something. So try to learn something about everything and everything about something. So you think about this in a sales context, and this is I yeah. is yeah, I read widely about everything. Yeah, you know, every day. I mean, I'm this type of person people didn't like to play in trivial pursuit back when that was a thing. And and I just I just retain things, right? But I'm interested in everything. And I've been able to use that everything in my selling. Because no matter who I meet, I'm able to make a connection with them because I understand something about them, the country they're in, the culture they're from, whatever it is, right? the job they're doing. Because I've just had this voracious curiosity my whole life. I'm always reading about something. And then to know everything about something, well, that should be sales. If you're in sales, the one thing you should know everything about or attempt to is your profession. And so you should be reading deeply about not just you know, how to make a cold call, but I always tell people to start differently. Start learning about relationships. That's the first thing you should learn about and then learn about trust and then learn about influence and how people make decisions. And, you know, it's not about what you do. Always start reading about how you have an impact on other people. And then just start digging down and then you become smarter and smarter about, about sales. That's you start learning everything. Because you should be, more than anything else, is is you should be a relationship expert. You should be a trust expert. You should be a sales expert, a buyer expert. And you're going to get that through. That's I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm to a learn.
1: preach brother. I love what you're saying. Y- you should talk to my wife for me. That'd be grateful. Anytime. <laughs> I already have her on speed <laughs> Anytime. Um, so. One of the things that's interesting is I've heard people talk about how the challenge I have is that when I go to some of these other resources, whether I'm reading these books from sales expert A versus B versus C or watching YouTube videos or just watching the average Joe on LinkedIn who's made time to share a video and share their thoughts, I will get wildly different points of view and guidance. And that that confuses me, and I think it takes away from me. Mm -hmm. I've heard this complaint. My counter to that is is that… It's good to be exposed to multiple ways to tackle the problem because now you know how to A, B test it. Do I do it A, do I do it B, do I do it C, what works best for me and my product and my service I'm selling. And no matter who I listen to, even though they may be wildly different in their approaches, there's always going to be something and some you know something, some nugget that I can take from it and apply it to me. That's my thought.
2: Yeah, so here's here's my thought. <laughs> I agree because you know, every every book you read, there should be one thing or every video, there should be one one thing you hope to take away from it. So my advice would be to people listening is when you look at resources that claim that they are <laughs> truth, right? The only this book you'll ever need to buy truth. on this. This is the only the only book you'll never read about sales, then I don't necessarily recommend that. I mean, cause the fact is, is that you are gonna be at the end of you know five years, 10 years, at the end of your career, you are going to be the sum total of all these influences. Right? And so if people are coming into you and saying, look, this is the one way, well, that's just not the way the word works. There is no truth about sales. There's what works for you as an individual, and that's your truth. And that's what you need to discover. That's why you need to go learn to find out what the truth is for you. What makes you, like I said, the best version of you makes you the most effective seller. And that's not just somebody saying, Hey, Here's here's the book of truths. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Not everybody agrees with with me. <laughs> Surprising. Hey, that's okay. Because I write about coming from my point of view, my experiences, what's worked for me. And yeah, I believe it works for so let ask, a lot of people, but I know it's not going to work for everybody. So let me ask you this. So um, you need to find what those things you are. You mentioned
1: the sales house, and I and I'm starting to see, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of this. I think you're a pioneer here. And now we're making this sales training on a, a somewhat of a so, correct me if I'm wrong, a subscription basis, because it is a continual learning process, which probably instead of me getting dinged with mm-hmm. the big sales trainer or the mm-hmm. big cost from the experts, this is something that's far more manageable. If somebody wanted to do this, is this a good investment versus a trainer or versus anything else? Like, like talk to me about the benefits of this approach.
2: I can only talk about our case. In our case, it's, you look at it as is, we actually just increased our prices to 500 bucks a year. So for five hundred bucks a year, if you're trying to increase your income by five percent, <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to, if you're an SDR, if you're an AE, whatever, uh, you know, whatever your target is, the five hundred at the end of the day is nothing, right? That's that's not really the issue. It's not the price. It's really the commitment of time. That's for us is what we see as people have the hardest time with. It's not the dollars because the dollars are nothing. You know, if I make an extra ten thousand bucks as a result of investing five hundred, I'll do that every day of the week, but. I have to commit to the time. I have to make that a habit. And so this learning habit really becomes the most essential part is, can I commit some of my time? I work with companies on this. I run, I offer a book club. I'll help them sort of run a book club internally on sales, but they have to commit that they're going to set aside time during the sales day for everybody to set everything aside and just read. That's really hard for managers to do because, oh my God, we've got time where people aren't making calls or selling. And the fact is, we know from all the research and so on that there's plenty of time in the day where people aren't calling and selling, and that's okay. Let's use some of that time for a really productive purpose, which is concentrated, focused learning. To me, it's the time more than the money that's really the issue. You have to be committed to it day in, day out. You have to have little triggers in there, a process to making part of it. So Maybe it's something you do every morning. Maybe it's something you do as soon as you get home. Maybe it's the 20 minutes before you go to bed. You have some part of your process in your daily life that triggers you to say, "Yeah, I need to to learn." I had just an example of of you know, habit development for me is I was always saying, "Hey, I want to do more." Before I exercise, I don't do enough ab work, core work. So I got in the habit of saying, "Look, every day before I exercise, I spend five minutes core work," and I went from hardly ever doing it a year ago to now I do it, and exercise you know five six days a week. I'm doing it six days a week. So, they had that trigger as exercise. Oh, yeah, got to do ab work first. You have to have similar triggers in your life for your learning habit. So, people want to learn more about you, Andy.
1: Where can they reach you?
2: Well, they can reach me at the sales house, uh, andy at the saleshouse.com. They can find me on LinkedIn. You you and I are connected there as well. It is the sales house. If you search for that on LinkedIn or Andy Paul, you'll find me either way. And yeah, do connect with me. Love to hear from you and see what you're up to. So, what have we learned here today, folks? What we've learned is
1: ideally as part of your personal attributes and habits, you want to be not just competitive, but you wanna have curiosity and you wanna be committed to the effort of learning. As Thomas Huxley said, you should know something about everything and everything about something. That's a wonderful quote. Andy Paul he's awesome. If you don't follow him, you need to on LinkedIn, reach him at the sales house. Also follow his podcast, it's called Accelerate. It is a big, big podcast. Fantastic content, amazing guests. With that, we are done. We are out of time. Thank you, Annie, for your time today. With that, folks, we shall see you soon again in another week. But in the interim, there's always back episodes you can listen to. You can like, share, give us reviews, do whatever you want to. But spread the love, spread the word. I'd be most grateful. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and me on LinkedIn as well. I'll talk to you soon. You guys take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prail, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.